We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Steve Perez. Joined as always, Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher. Guys, this is the "What Do I Do with My Hands" edition of the Pack a Day podcast. The Packers destroyed the Cowboys, like. I don't even know how I'm feeling still. I'm still excited, but talk to me. How are you guys doing? Dusty, what's going on? What's going on with you? How are you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling on top of the world. Uh, I don't know because you didn't specifically say if I'm allowed to talk about the game or if that's for Whatever. a later segment. Talk about Steve, it all. I just, talk about I'm, it all. want to clear. It. I just want to make sure it. we're in the clear here. Yeah, dude. It, I mean, just a tremendous experience from front to back. We were talking about it before we started recording, and I got a little nervous, you know, that, that, that turn at the half. Cowboy score with zero time left on the clock. They get the ball back at the half. They score that field goal. And it was like, all right, man, listen, in game, I always get very pessimistic. We're like, where's the path that they can come back? It's like, well, if the Packers offense suddenly starts folding and the Cowboys offense gets rolling within five plays, it was less than three minutes later, the Packers score a touchdown. Like, oh, okay, I'm good. It was, it was very, it was nice and clear. I was talking to someone earlier today. It's like, this is a game. Like 2010 Falcons divisional round game is always one is one I go back to. If I'm like looking for an old game to put on, I've watched that game a dozen or so odd times at this point. This feels like a game I'm going to do the same thing for. Just a, a such a fun, unexpected game. I had hoped the Packers would win. We talked about this a little last week. Like I, I thought they had a path to it to blow out the Cowboys in their own home. I like I didn't see a 48 to 32 game coming. So I'm a game was tremendous. I am. We were talking about this before we started recording. I'm irrational at this point. I fully believe they're going to beat the 49ers this weekend. I am just, I'm, I'm living high, dude. I, I feel tremendous. Yeah. I remember, I think last week you were, you were like, I've, I've talked myself into this and you said mm-hmm. the exact same thing. And, and I was on board. I, I was, I'm like, yeah, I'm there. I'm already there, man. I'm already there. Sarah, how about you? How are you feeling? I'm feeling amazing. I, I feel truly like I'm on top of the world. Like we talked about last week, the Packers already got what they needed out of this season. As far as expectations and what they needed to see from this team, they got it. And anything after that was a cherry on top. And oh my God, this was a mega-sized cherry because (laughs) absolutely incredible. 
I mean, just from the jump, the fact that the Packers won the toss and said, no, we're going to elect to receive, uh, and then we're going to take the ball all the way down the field, eat up like eight minutes on the clock, and score a touchdown, and basically never look back. Yes, you know, it, in later in the game when it was kind of out of reach, the defense let up some points, offense backed up a little bit, but that was their game. They dominated the Cowboys. It embarrassed them. The Cowboys have not lost at home since they lost to Tom Brady. Think about that. Tom Brady, who's been retired a full season, <laughs> last time they lost at home was against the Bucks, with led by Tom Brady. And the fact that they just went in there and made them look pathetic was unbelievable. Matt LaFleur called probably the best game of his career. Jordan Love looked electric. Aaron Jones owns the Cowboys. And the defense came up huge. Two interceptions, savage, savage with the pick six. I mean, who would have thought? It was just an unbelievable experience to watch. I think this is truly a game that no matter what happens this weekend against the 49ers, everybody is going to remember this game, um, including the Packers. They'll always have the Dallas Cowboys win. And going into an offseason with a young team where a lot of the the offense especially is going to look the same next year. That's huge to know what the ceiling is and what you're capable of. I just couldn't be more excited about the future of this team. I was already excited. And then after that, it's like through the roof, can't even contain my excitement. And yeah, now I'm getting full on delusional about the future of the Packers. If they beat the 49ers this weekend, they're going to win the whole damn thing. That I mean, it's just unbelievable. I know everybody that's on Twitter like thinks Packer fans are insufferable right now because oh you know imagine if they beat if they beat the 49ers it's going to be full on insanity. Oh full yeah, the Rodgers haters are going to Oh, Rodgers could never beat the 49ers and Jordan Love did it in his first year. I mean, it's going to be so many we've we've seen so many receipts already just on Jordan Love, but oh my god, if they beat the 49ers it's just going to be I, I probably won't even go on Twitter just because it's, it'll be too it'll be too much for me. Like, I love Jordan Love; he's amazing. It's so cool to see him do well. All these receipts that people are bringing are like, wow, this is, um, yeah, this is something else. But man, this was it was such a fun game. It was so fun. I called Dusty and Sarah on Facetime because I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, what, who, uh, what, who should I call? What's going on? Like, my dad called me at halftime, and he's like what is happening right now? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Like, this is so crazy. I'm like, but then the other half of my brain was using like Wisconsin sports and be like, all right, well, we've seen this before. The Packers can figure out a way to blow this. Uh, you know, the Badgers, like the Brewers, like all these things, like, you know, it's Charlie Brown with the football all over again. And like you said, Dusty, all of a sudden they just, they took the ball in the second half, went and scored again and just they kept doing their thing. Like, this is we talked about it a little bit. I think last week in time, like these kids are just young enough that they don't know any better. Like, no, we're just gonna go out there and just beat the crap out of them. We're just gonna go beat the crap out of them. Keep doing what we're doing, and like seeing Romeo Dobbs like just destroying Stefan Gilmore was amazing. They were like, relentless, and then Lafleur is like, whatever. We're just gonna keep piling it on. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was awesome. And that's what you should do. Like, that's exactly what you should do. Like, you've got your foot on their throat. You don't let go. And, like, that that's my one complaint. Like, I didn't love getting into passive defense and, you know, passive offense, taking the starters out. Like, at some level, you get it. Like, you, you totally get it where they're coming from, trying to protect them and everything. But 
it just felt like, okay, if you're taking the foot off the gas of the offense, like you can't go prevent defense. You can't just let them run down the field. Well, and they, it was all backups in too. That was the thing. If you're going to take your backups out on offense, I get that. Leave your starters on defense. They pulled yeah. everyone on both sides of the ball. Like be aggressive on defense. Yeah. Don't let up on both sides of the ball. You can choose one of those, but not both of them. I didn't, right. didn't like that at all. Yeah. And I think LaFleur, it's, you know, as much as the Packers have learned throughout this entire season, it seems like he learned from it too. Like he said, that was a mistake. He came out and like flat. I was like, yep, that I shouldn't have done that. That was like, I wish I wouldn't have done that, but you know, maybe now he'll, he'll learn for, for the next ass kicking of the 49ers that you don't pull your starters right away. Let them, let them keep eating. So, um, just so much fun. Let's, you know, we've kind of mixed already, like talking about the game, but what was like your your favorite thing from the game? We'll, we'll talk. How, how about we'll do that? So, favorite thing from this game, uh, Dusty, start with you. They ran leak. They ran leak to Musgrave <laughs> and went for a touchdown. Like, and he didn't fall over. The, oh Musgrave my gosh! Stayed on his feet. <laughs> the post game from the floor. That that moment. That quote. Tremendous, and everyone just has riotous applause. Everyone just <laughs> screaming, "Yeah, yeah!" They, it, listen, if you run leak and get a touchdown out of it, that's without a doubt, one hundred percent. That's my moment. It was so well done. I was talking to, um, to I, I talked to John Kuhn earlier today, and we talked about that play because they were supposed to run up the play before, and Love didn't like the look, so we checked out of it, and then they ran up the next play. So I love that's a, that was another little tidbit I love from that is love knowing like. Listen, you want to run this play, you know you got it in the bag is going to be great, but having the wherewithal to look at that, I know the defense, this isn't going to work, I need to check out of this, we got to go to something else, which the thing they went to anyway was a run that went for 27 yards because Elton Jenkins like ate a man and buried his face in the dirt, and then Aaron Jones hit a cutback lane. So even the check to, we'll do the boring old run and we'll save the home run shot for later, went for 27. That's like, the complaint I heard about the third quarter was like, Packers scored too fast. They <laughs> didn't run out of time off the clock. <laughs> they had like two touchdown drives and so they had totaled five minutes of game time, maybe. Um, yeah, so it's leak. I mean, the I'd say the, the back footer fadeaway to Dontavian Wicks is like a very, very close second. But but running leak, getting Musgrave that wide open. I think um, Justice Mosqueda was talking about this. I think by next-gen stats, Musgrave had 17 and a half yards of separation, which was the highest charted by next gen stats this year of anyone who had been targeted in a game all season. <laughs> and he wide, still barely got open. in the end zone. <laughs> still barely got in the end zone. Well, Micah Parsons was getting ready to just absolutely murder uh, Jordan Loves. He was going to choke oh, yeah. that snooker up there. But it's 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 the Musgrave touchdown for me. It has to be. Okay. Sarah, what about you? Oh, it's hard to pick one. Um, pick six was incredible because it felt like wow 20 to 0 they're already kicking their ass and then that was the moment where i really started to lose my mind that they were just absolutely destroying the cowboys i mean it, there was no ifs ands or buts about it um and it, there was just nobody there i mean he caught the ball and ran 10 steps and there was nobody there uh it was just amazing to see but close second has to be Aaron Jones picking up that block against Micah Parsons. Ooh, that yeah. was it. I, we're watching it and you know, the play's happening. And I for, I love made a good play as a result of it. And mm -hmm. I just remember going, was that Aaron Jones on Parsons? And he bodied him. He pushed him to the ground. Mm -hmm. I mean, Parsons got hurt him. shook up. Yeah. And he had to step out for a few plays. I mean, Aaron Jones is a dog. I, I yeah. couldn't love Aaron Jones more than I do. I would say like... I think the biggest thing that I saw that I, I loved was Jordan Love 
versus pressure. Like he feels right now, like the end of the first matrix movie when Neo is starting to understand (laughs) who he is and starting to see the matrix and like all these blitzes, all this pressure. He's, he's just, he's seeing it and he's understanding where he needs to go, what he needs to do. And he's hanging in the pocket. Like "Uh, if I take an extra half step and I jump backwards and chuck it, I'll be okay. And like, it's just working. And he continued to do that. Like he understood where it was coming from. He understood where the ball needed to go and just continued to put on like this amazing run that he's had. Like it's just been so cool to watch the the evolution of Jordan Love from October <laughs> until now. Like in October, like we we are like so uh, top five pick, where, who should we pick? If, if Jordan Love <laughs> continues to struggle, I mean, we might be in the running for Caleb Williams. That might be a thing. And now, like, we've gone from that all the way to, well, he's been the best player in the NFL for the last nine weeks. And you're, it, like, that was insanity. Insanity in October. And now this is where we are, and this is reality. So, uh, you know, we had a rough, like, five-ish weeks when we didn't know who the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers was going to be. It was it was tough. It was really hard. It was hard for me. Uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I pulled through, and and now we know we got a QB1. So it's, I'm proud uh, of all of us for making it through that. That was a really yeah, rough we're really stretch. Brave. A lot of, you know, fans of other teams don't understand just how hard that stretch was for us. But we made it through, and I think we're all stronger for it. I and still this was one of my favorite things ever. Um, I had one of my friends who's a Bears fan text me on um, Monday morning, and so he goes, "Jordan loves Jordan loves play yesterday was depressing as a Bears fan." <laughs> and I was like, nice. "Yeah, I to- I can totally understand that." And I wrote a quote as like, "I'm not even sorry." <laughs> to which he goes, "It's getting real old being a Bears fan." <laughs> So that's what the other side is living with. That's what the other side's living with. But I know, but Steve, those five weeks. It was it tough, was really man. Hard. It was really tough. Five weeks. It was tough. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys, let's do this. We got some, we don't really have a lot of news and notes, but there was an estimated injury list. So it was put out. Uh, so the Packers did not practice today, which is Tuesday, but if they were to practice, um, this is kind of what what they anticipated would have happened. So they have Jair is limited. Uh, Kenny Clark is limited. A.J. Dillon would have been a DNP. Kingsley Enigbari, obviously, DNP. Um, Rashawn Gary, limited. Uh, Elton Jenkins, DNP. Aaron Jones, limited. McDuffie, no uh, DNP. Then we've got uh, Kashan Nixon, Owens, Jaden Reed, Darnell Savage, all is limited. Um, Preston Smith would have been a DNP. Uh, Quay Walker, full participant. And then Christian Watson, limited. So obviously there's no practice, but, you know, them playing on Saturday, they put this out today. Guys, is there a takeaway that you have from this, Sarah? We'll start on you. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Alexander was estimated as limited. I thought for sure he would have maybe been, you know, did not practice or did not participate. Uh, Just the way that, you know, we knew he was already 
working on a hurt, I think a sprained ankle is what they said. Um, and he pulled through, obviously he got the pick and he, he played well on Sunday. Um, but then we saw him cut hard and you could see his ankle totally twisted again and he re-aggravated that injury and it looked like he was in a lot of pain. Um, but definitely a good sign that they thought he would at least be able to practice in a limited uh, capacity. Um, uh, you know, that was a big one. I think, you know, Christian Watson is just always something to monitor more than anything. I think the benefit right now, even if Christian Watson is not 100% healthy on the field, is the fact that he's out there and he is a distraction. Uh, there was a play early in the game that they uh, love threw it to Dobbs and Dobbs was wide open because there was three Cowboys players on Christian Watson down when he was going downfield. Um, so if he can just play it all and he's such a distraction to defenses and he opens up so much more for the Packers on offense. Um, and then I think, you know, something that's interesting is Preston Smith. Um, and I'm sure, you know, it says it was his ankle that that's the reason that he didn't participate. And maybe it's partly veteran rest too, but he has played tremendous down the stretch here. I mean, he sealed the game with the sack too. Um, and he has played so well. And he's somebody that if the Packers want to win, they need him on the field, both his leadership and what he's bringing to the field on like skill wise on the field right now. So those are a few things, you know, McDuffie just really sucks about the news there. Um, you know, LaFleur pretty much right after the game, let everybody know it wasn't good. Um, but everything else, not too shocking to me. Or no, sorry. It wasn't, it wasn't McDuffie. JJ. It was JJ. Yeah, JJ. Sorry. I got him mixed up. I was like, oh, what what was that one? I didn't hear nope, about that. Yeah, I, I was trying to up. I was trying to do a quick search because I was like, oh no, what do you say about Isaiah McDuffie? No. No, <laughs> nope, JJ or Kingsley, whatever name you want to refer to him as, uh towards ACL. So that yep. sucks this yep. late in the season. Definitely. But Dusty, yeah, what about you? I think I mean all of those as Sarah said. I mean the one for one of the ones for me, I'll just add one more on would be McDuffie. That's what I was kind of trying to search. I was like, oh no. Uh because McDuffie was they were using him and a lot of early down stuff over uh, over um Campbell. Not ne- not necessarily replacing Campbell, but they had him on on kind of run rundowns and they're kind of replacing uh Campbell with some of the pass down stuff. So they're clearly they had been working him in a little bit more during the season, and it seemed like he was kind of replacing Campbell there. So uh if he misses time, and I think he's played well, especially I think against the run, he gets lost a little uncovered sometimes. Uh, but if he misses time, I think that's gonna mess up some of what they were trying to do at inside linebacker there. So I think that's something worth paying attention to. All right, guys, let's jump into it. Uh, division. I never, never in a million years thought I was going to be saying divisional round. Divisional round. We are talking the Packers offense versus the 49ers defense. So this is uh, – we, we we thought that the, the Cowboys was going to be a big game, but, man, this is huge. This is just huge. And we're going to do what we always do, talk about the Packers offense versus their opponent's defense. So that's San Francisco. And the one thing that we are really looking for, so, uh, Dusty, we'll start with you. I like that I've gone to this in one way or another for the last few games, but I'm going to, I'm going to go run game. I mean, the Niners have a very good defense. Uh, they, they play, I mean, we know everyone knows about Fred Warner. They've got uh Traverius Ward on the outside. They've got some good secondary, the line, I'd say the defensive line is good, but they can be had just looking at DVOA, uh, their defense this year pass is fifth, the fifth against the pass. They're 15th against the run. And so I didn't really dig any numbers past that, but I was looking at some of the run defense stuff that they had. They are an aggressive front. 
like just firing off the ball. You got the couple different ways that you can, you know, play defensive line. It's aggressive. You're firing off. You're trying to get in the backfield or you kind of two gap it, which is a lot of what the Packers are trying to do. You watch those dudes. They're firing off every single time, which can be tough if you can't hold up and you can give up guys uh, going to the inside, blowing you up in the backfield, that stuff can happen. But what it can also do is it open running lanes for you. And the way this Packers offensive line is playing, especially guys like Elton Jenkins, we've seen him punish these guys all season. And those other some of the other, these other guys are coming along a little as well. When they come in, a lot of that power gap scheme stuff that the Packers have been working on, pulling tight ends in motion to get those guys in, something they've been doing since last year, that's been really, really fun to watch and has been really effective for them against a front like this, if they're powering through, if you can get that initial attack or have a good plan for that, you can trap those guys, you can move those guys out of the way, and you can open some nice cutback lanes, which we saw Aaron Jones do some nice stuff with this past week. So if Aaron Jones is out there, and that offensive line has a good plan. Obviously, got it's one of those same thing as Parsons last week. You got to go and know where Nick Bosa is at all times. Have a plan for Nick Bosa. They did a great job on Parsons. Uh, Tank Lawrence this past week as well, you know, eight on a couple plays but i thought they did pretty well with him but if you can take this offensive line it's kind of one of those you know eat the punch fade with the punch and then hit against that the way this packers run game has been going what they've been doing for the past year and a half i think they can have some success if that offensive line can hold up against that initial punch it's just a matter of they're physical and they're fast you've got to match that and find ways around it i think they're i think the packers the way they're playing right now i think they're i think they're pretty well suited to take advantage of that in the run game yeah and i'll go the opposite of you dusty and i'm i'm really interested to see what they do in the air this week and part of that is because the 49ers run defense is so good that I think they're going to be forced to pass a bit more and they might not be able to lean on Aaron Jones as much um maybe they lean on Aaron Jones in the passing game a little bit that's certainly possible um but just really curious to see what happens and really curious to see who is the one because every week there is somebody different in the wide receiver room that is the difference maker. I mean, it was Jaden Reed for several weeks in a row. Then, you know, Romeo Dobbs has had some good games. When Watson was healthy, he was the guy. Um, You know, Wicks, Melton came out of nowhere, and he he had a couple weeks. This past week was Romeo Dobbs. Jaden Reed didn't have a single catch. Uh, so just really curious to see what opens up for them um, in the in the wide receiver room and, and, and what they're going to do. Um, I think that they're going to let Jordan Love let it rip and, and take some shots downfield uh, because they know that that might be their best shot of getting some big plays. Uh, I don't think the opportunity is going to be as there as much as it was in Dallas to just let Aaron Jones go and just absolutely run the ball down their throats because their defense is so good. Um, like Dusty just talked about. So definitely interested to see what they do in the past game. And if Jordan Love just continues to be that calm, poised presence in the pocket and is able to find those guys. I think I'm looking at a couple of things, but to me, this this game seems eerily similar to the Cowboys game. It does. You've got you. You've got to make sure the Packers have to make sure that they're taking care of, of Bosa. That's that's number one. You, and same thing like we were talking last week about Micah Parsons. Like you have to identify where he is all the time. They had that game plan set out, and they they executed on. Like they gave extra help when they needed to. Like Sarah was talking about, when Aaron Jones bodied him and took him out of the game for a play or two. Like that was just thoroughly impressive. But you know that that's the big thing. But I'm looking at this offensive line. I want to make sure that they are up to the task, that they, 
like Dusty said too, this this front is vicious. And so if they can hold up just enough, like they don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be world beaters. They've got to give him just enough time. Let those routes open up. Let the plays develop just enough where he can, like, like we saw, he doesn't have to put every ball on like, like a laser, but he's got to have enough time to get that ball up in the air and let his guy come out, come underneath and come get it. So I think, again, like to me, nine and a half point favorites, like I don't, I don't know if I see that as much right now. I think early on, like that'd be a midseason number for me, not, not the way that the Packers have been playing. And so I think it's going to be fascinating to watch this offensive line versus the defensive line. That's like the key to this whole game. I think um, the Packers with Aaron Jones, with Christian Watson, they have been able to really make defenses guess a lot more than normal of, is this going to be a run? Is this going to be a pass? And when defenses are guessing, that's what you saw in Dallas. That's the way that this Packers team can destroy the 49ers. I don't think it's going to be a destroying because their offense is really good as well. So I think this is going to be a lot closer than the Dallas game, but I absolutely think there's there's a path for this Packers team to win this game and move on to the NFC Championship. And I never in my wildest dreams would have said this four weeks ago. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty cool that this is what's happening right now with this Packers team. Guys, we asked for Twitter questions. We got about a million of them. So uh, we got a lot, but we got some good stuff. So um, we're going to get going here and, and just, Sorry, we couldn't answer every single thing. We'll try to do a couple uh, answers via Twitter as well if we can. So first one we're going to start with, Parker Eves. When did you know Jordan Love was, quote, unquote, the guy? Where does Aaron Jones rank for you in terms of the best running backs in Packers history? Dusty, where you at? Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. To be honest with you, I'm still kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop because this, this is a, this is, I mean, love's on a heater right now, but it was not that long ago uh, that, that he was struggling a little bit. But I will say when, you know, it, I looked at him in the draft, and so you've got some of those priors coming in, and then we didn't see much of them, and I don't want to relive all that. But we'll say a lot of the issues that I had with him, some of the accuracy stuff will show will still show up. But like some of the issues were he would stare down receivers. He wasn't seeing the field that well. That stuff's gone. Uh, like He looks so comfortable. He looks so confident in that stuff. So I will say uh, when I started being like this, this could very well be the guy, that Detroit-Kansas City stretch this year because he kind of came off a rough stretch there and then that Detroit game on Thanksgiving was incredible and then part of it is I was at the Kansas City game and so I'm riding just the high of the crowd there but what he did in those games and and then even if you look at like that Vikings game what he did against the pressure against Flores in that game which is like okay everything they've thrown at him all of the issues all the concerns I had with him uh, he seems like he's answering those questions he's he's still not perfect there are still some issues there that probably will never be cleared up like I don't I'm not saying like the guy in terms of like he's gonna be the best quarterback of all time I don't I don't think that but as far as starting quarterback for the Packers for the foreseeable future that Lions uh, Chiefs turn I'd say was what did it for me um, as far as best running backs in Packers history, so history is tough because there's a lot of guys that didn't get a chance to watch. Like Jim Taylor, um, I've, the clips I've seen of Jim Taylor, absolutely. Like he's up there, right? Paul Horning, I've seen the highlights of him. Tony Canadeo, I've not seen, seen anything from Tony Canadeo. So I was like sticking to the guys I have watched. I'll put him number two. I'll put him number two. In terms of guys I've enjoyed watching, like – maybe like he's listen he's pushing that top spot but it's a mon green like i don't know how it can be anyone other than a mon green what he was able to do both as a receiver when running backs still were not like huge receivers at that time and as a runner he's got speed uh speed and power that aaron jones is not aaron jones is smaller he's a slippery dude he's got good burst amon green was tough to bring down and every chance every time he touched the ball he had a chance to take it the distance he had in, in consecutive years. I think in one year he had a 90 yard touchdown and the next year, a 98 yard touchdown, like just even beyond the numbers. Like you watch that dude, there was just an explosion of physicality to the way he, that he played. That was just so much fun to watch. So I, I will go green one Jones, just barely below him. And then just barely below him. It'd be Dorsey Levins. Like he was not, as physical as any of those guys, but I loved watching Dorsey Levins. Like he was so one of those guys that like, if he played in today's game, the versatility he had, I think he would be thought of a little more higher than he is now. And for me, when did I know Jordan Love was the guy? I, I really think my first aha moment or not first, but one where I felt, okay, this is something that can continue was the chiefs game. Uh, to play a team like that, and I know the Chiefs aren't as good this year as they've been in previous years, 
But still, that is a tall task. And it was also personally a big game for Jordan Love. That was the only other game he's played in when Aaron Rodgers had COVID um, and they had to play in Arrowhead. And, and that's a tough environment. And he had mentioned, you know, that was one that was marked on his calendar for a long time. Watching him play that game, he outplayed Patrick Mahomes. And that's where I went, okay, this is this is something. And he's been up and down up until this point, but this is something. And really, you know, there were downs after that too. But that was the moment where I when you could tell, okay, if he puts it all together, he he's really gonna be something special. And and that's what we've been able to see the last few weeks on this just incredible run. And it, it's really, really exciting. Um, and similar to Dusty, I'll go with players that I have watched. Um, I think Aaron Jones is number one. Uh, Eddie Lacy right there, number two. Um, but I just love Aaron Jones. I think maybe I'm in recency bias too here, but I, he's a legend. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I think maybe a little bit later than you guys, just because there were, you know, the Giants game and a couple of stinkers and after the Chiefs. Um, I think the Minnesota game is where I was kind of like, all right, he came up like he, he's. I think the thing I love about Jordan Love is that he is kind of like made up for his bad losses like every time. And then like he, he, he just takes on the Vikings and then just just destroyed them. Um, one of the top blitzing teams in the NFL. And he that was one of the first times you kind of – you saw that he was recognizing these blitzes, understanding where the pressure is coming from, what he needed to do with them. And it was really, really cool. So I think – I think seeing the evolution of him, seeing him learning in real time has been just really fascinating to watch and really fun to watch. And so that Vikings game for me where I was kind of, I just kind of was like, all right, this kid is starting to get it. Like he knows what he's doing now and this could be dangerous. And so that was it. And then Aaron Jones, as far as the Packers history, I mean, I think he's a top five back for – He's probably like pushing right, right around five, six, somewhere in that area. Um, you guys all mentioned some really good running backs and then the history of the running backs for the Packers. I think the only thing that knocks him right now is injuries. It, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And I think if he was, you know, you say if he was a little bit bigger, he'd be able to withstand some of that. But if he's a little bit bigger, he's probably not as fast. He isn't as slippery. So, that's kind of where I am. Like he's unbelievable. I hope I hope he continues to stay with the Packers next year and beyond. But yeah, like top five, six, seven, somewhere right in there, uh, between some of the really, really good ones as you guys all mentioned. So I would say all time, that'd probably be where we'd be sitting. Next question we have from Humbug. Is Tom Clements going to get a street name in Green Bay? I mean, he might have to. He might have to. If they win a Super Bowl and Jordan Love this year, he might have to. That That's definitely something that could happen. Uh, and he wants to also know, best compliment you've ever received for your home cooking, and what did you make? So, Sarah, we're going to start with you. Yeah, sure. Give him a street. Clements Circle. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Clements I mean, Circle. He, he, he has helped – create some legends uh in green bay and yeah if they keep this up he keeps this up sure why not what, what what's the bother in naming a street after him um and then best compliment i've ever received for home cooking what did i make um it was actually for breakfast my dad's a big breakfast guy and every time and not every time i'm home but 
Uh, sometimes when I'm home uh, and visiting my parents, I, I try to do something nice. Um, and I've made breakfast for my dad before where it's like a hash brown patty and then an omelet on top. And, you know, put all the stuff he likes in the omelet, peppers, bacon, sausage, whatever. Um, and he absolutely loves that. And he was so excited when I made it for him. And it, it just made me feel good. Uh, that was in recent memory, one of the the better ones. Um, and then also my, my chili, my white chicken chili. It's not really my recipe, but I did make it for other people. And then they asked for the recipe and then they sent me a picture when they made it. And that made me feel good. So basically like kind of like a scramble almost for your dad. Yeah. So he, he's not a huge avocado guy, but what I usually do if I make it for myself is you get a hash brown patty or two, depending on how hungry you are. And then you basically make an egg scramble. I usually put like peppers, onions, spinach, bacon, cheese. Um, and then you put some avocado on top of the hash brown patty, put the egg on top and eat it all together. Absolutely delicious. Oh, so like almost like an open face sandwich kind of situation. Yeah, but there's just usually a big a patty on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking like uh, like loose hash browns. That's what I had in my mind as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it's very good. You just take the fork and you get a big bite of it with everything on it. Okay. Delicious. That's actually my go-to breakfast on the weekends when I have time to actually make breakfast, have a nice bowl of fruit or something with it. It's very good. Okay. Say uh, so, Clements. Clements has the three quarterbacks. Give him a subdivision. Just give give Tom Clements a solo <laughs> subdivision. Let's do it. Why not? Uh, so I for supper, I make I make man I or a meal. I make supper every night at my house. Every night I cook supper. Some stuff I'm really proud of has gone over really well. I'd say the one, uh, the best compliment I ever made I ever had was just that my children ate it. <laughs> and then we're happy about it. And it was probably like a hot dog that looked like an octopus. It was was probably that's the highest compliment I got while making supper at my house. I mean, you sound like you're 70 years old by calling it supper, but uh, <laughs> I am, I'm in Kentucky. We call it supper here. Okay. Okay. Maybe well, at least everyone I know calls it supper. Maybe I'm hanging out with 70 year olds. I don't know. <laughs> I might be. Sarah, do you call it supper or dinner? Dinner. Okay. They're but- interchangeable. Right? I will Aren't say, I will say that my grandmother from Wisconsin, when she was alive, <laughs> she called it supper all the time. <laughs> Listen, my family is originally from Michigan, and I have realized over the years I say words and phrases weird because of not even just Michigan, but because of people they knew in Michigan. So it could very well be this is a within my family <laughs> is thing. This a, is this a second? Is up. this second banana type of situation? Yeah, I think, I think. I think it real is. Thing, Steve. I think That's it a is. real thing. I know. No, I'm aware it's a real thing. <laughs> Fully aware it's a real thing. But it's like twelve people know about it. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't relitigate the second banana, Scotty Pippen, second banana conversation with you. I can't do it, Steve. It's we're too far past at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I paid no. that bet. My time's done. I don't have to, don't have to do this. This anymore. is true. This I don't is have true. To take this from you. <laughs> uh, uh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Give Tom Clements a street um, if if he wants to. Yeah. Uh, uh, a roundabout, maybe. How about a roundabout? Because he's come full circle uh, with with all the quarterbacks that he's coached. So like we'll do that. that. And then best compliment I've ever received. My dad has hated chili his entire life. And my mom makes chili and, you know, the rest of us loved it and everything. And my dad always would never eat it. And then I took my mother's chili recipe and 
did a whole bunch of other stuff, added to it, did everything, and told my dad, I was like, you should try this. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and then while my mom was in the room, he's like, wow, this is really good chili. And I don't think that she really appreciated that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I felt really good about it after that fact. So um, that was a pretty fun one. Um, okay, next question. Brian Hart said, the Packers have exceeded many fans' expectations this season. It feels like we're playing with house money. They're big underdogs to the 49ers team. What excites you the most about this team's future? Food questions, start, sit, cut, egg rolls, pot stickers, and wontons. Whew, that's a that's a good one. Dusty, we'll start with you on this. I will go, what excites me the most about this team's future? The craft musgrave pairing. I mean, for years it was if you can get one tight end that can that can give you blocking in the run game and stretch the field vertically in the pass game, you can do anything you want on offense. Like the other pieces around you, it's nice to have speedy receivers, it's good to have good running backs. But if you can line up in any way where you can power run or you can spread the ball out. That's how you win. That's how you keep people on their toes. And you can one good tight end can do that. They can do both those things, and they're hard to find. The Packers might have two of those guys. Craft mm-hmm. has just become a monster. Musgrave out of the gate was a better run blocker than I ever thought he'd be, and we know what he can give you in the passing game. So just watching those two guys, what they can do with those two guys, watching them grow together based on what we've already seen is is very exciting. So I'm, I'm thrilled about that. This may have been the toughest start, sit, cut food one we've gotten. Um they're all very, like, very similar. Yeah, they are. They are pretty similar, but they are different enough. I surprised myself a bit. Um, I'm going to start wontons. Oh, man, I love me like a good wonton. There's not a whole lot that can beat a good wonton. Uh, I'm going to sit pot stickers. I have not had them often, but every time I do delicious, I'm going to cut egg rolls. I surprised myself because, oh. you know, I get egg rolls, you know, they come with like every meal I ever get at a Chinese restaurant <laughs> and I like them, but it's like, well, if given the chance, I would absolutely take wontons or pot stickers over them. It's just the egg mm-hmm. rolls are free and they're cheaper so i get them but yeah that, i was a little little shocked by that but that's my answer wow well, i'll start with the food question i'm gonna start egg rolls i Ooh. love egg rolls some of my favorites um and then i'm going to sit wontons and cut pot stickers i don't know why but i'm just not a I like I'll eat pot stickers. They're served and I'm with a group of friends i'm, I'm not going to say no or oh no i won't eat that but I just prefer the egg rolls and the wontons, but this was a tough one. Um, I've really been into Asian cuisine the last couple of years, like more than ever before. So I've eaten a lot of this, probably all three of these things in the last two years, more than I have my entire life. Um, and then for the look football, you've grown up before our eyes, Sarah. Yeah, look at that. You know, um, <laughs> got rid of the uh, the uncrustables and like I can order Chinese food now. Just it's just uncrustables with the, with wontons on the side. That's all that's happened. <laughs> Listen, sometimes a, a crustable <laughs> hits. All right. Oh hell yeah! Oh uh, hell yeah! <laughs> as far put, as put it in the toaster. Put it in the toaster. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I've seen people put it in the air fryer too, but that kind of freaks me out. I feel like that's a little extreme for an uncrustable. Uh, anyways, back to football talk. Um, what excites me most about the team's future? I, Jordan Love. I mean, I, it's a cliche answer, but he is the centerpiece of this entire team. And this year, the whole point of the season was is Jordan Love the guy? Can Jordan Love be the guy? Does, does he have potential to be the guy? Nope, he's already the guy. Um, so that's just really exciting. I think that their growth path is much shorter than people thought, um, and that's really exciting. Uh, the thing that excites me the most, I think it's just 
I mean, we're all kind of talking the same stuff, but the offense right now is just insane. Like the amount of playmakers, they, young playmakers that they have at wide receiver, tight end, Aaron Jones, like AJ Dillon, like for everybody that will complain that he, like he's not a lead back, but man, he's a good complimentary secondary back when he's healthy. He's, he, he serves a role. They'll probably draft a new running back in the, in the draft and, uh, um, like this, this team, they're just growing together and it's so fun to watch. So I think that's the thing that excites me the most. And then I think this is probably one of the first times ever we are all completely different on the starts at cut. I'm going to start pot stickers, um, sit wontons and then cut egg rolls. So I Boo, grew up. In- you guys stink. <laughs> that was a good decision, Steve. Smart decision. I, I um, you know, I, I lived in Korea for a couple of years and pot stickers are very prevalent over there, much more than the egg roll or the wonton. But um, so I always like I always like the, the pot stickers and then wontons. I always like the, the thinner, crispy outer shell than the thickness of the egg roll. So that's my choice. Next one we have from Patrick. 49ers have a reputation of being a juggernaut, but where do you see weakness that Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry can will try to exploit? I'm tempted to believe that they haven't beat a team playing as well as the Packers are now all season. Uh, Dusty, we're going to let you take this one. So just looking at it from a defensive perspective, since we're talking about Joe Barry, um, there are things... <laughs> The things you can do, and some of these are just players making plays, uh, but there's other things that I, I've never seen Joe Barry do, so I don't think he's going to start now. I mean, the big thing is generate pressure in Purdy's face by crushing the pocket, like not necessarily getting guys around the edge, making that pocket small. He wants to, he can make move, he can do stuff outside. He will look to get outside, but if you can crush that pocket around him, which is really how they've designed this entire defensive front to work with Gary speed to power with Preston Smith largeness i guess and van ness's skill set with with and we'll probably see more of him this weekend as well then you get the interior of the defensive line especially with wyatt's playing make him uncomfortable squeeze that pocket you get in his face and and confine the pocket like that he's gonna make some mistakes like he's he looks to throw interception you will get a ball or two every game that you can pick off and you'll get more than that if you can crush the pocket so if you can do that that they had a hard time getting the pass rush going against the cowboys um i will say the Niners interior offensive line, pretty bad. They've got Aaron Banks at left guard, Jake Brendel at uh, center, Spencer Burford at right guard. All of those guys are not good against the pass rush. With Devontae Wyatt playing the way he is, with Kenny Clark playing the way he is, let them cook on the inside, get, have them be aggressive, and then just crush those edges, make him uncomfortable. The other thing you can do that, again, something Joe Barry does not do, so I don't think he's going to do now, but I think would work, would be a lot of sim pressures. Do a lot of the sim pressure stuff, which is just fake at the line. You get those guys mugged up in the A-gap. Think of Zimmer with the Vikings. Think of all the stuff the, the Ravens are doing now. Get a couple linebackers walked up in the A-gap, and then as a snap, you either bring those guys, bring one guy, drop them back into zones, just make them think that just play games with the interior of the line, make them think that pressure is coming, make them react to that. Sometimes you bring it, most of the time you won't, but it gets a little question in the guy's head. And if you can do that and then also push that pocket forward, whether or not you're bringing pressure, that's the way to do it. You just you mix up where pressure is coming from, make them think pressure is coming, get another big day from Kenny Clark. We saw him do some stuff against the Cowboys. I think that's really where this is going to be won. So if you can make him uncomfortable, he's going to give you chances, then you then you just have to capitalize on those chances. 
Next question. Uh, totally not Renee had uh, had actually two questions. He had a football one that was very similar to our last question. So, uh, but he did have a good food question. So we're gonna go with this one. Uh, you're feeling good. It's 11 p.m. and your only option is Taco Bell. What are you getting? Don't forget the drink as well. So, Sarah, what is your uh, go-to late-night Taco Bell order? Yeah, I can't say I eat at Taco Bell a lot, um, but when I do, I know it's just, (laughs) it's not my top fast food choice, but not saying I wouldn't eat it. Um, So, I'm going with, let me pull it up, I had it here, I lost it, okay, I'm going with a nacho cheese Doritos Locos taco, one of those, then a cheesy bean and rice burrito. I don't know why, but those are addicting. Oh, yeah. Um, and then a side of the um, cheesy Fiesta potatoes. And then for a drink, I don't really drink a lot of soda, but I usually, if I were to get it, I would probably get the Gatorade fruit punch. Um, and that would be my order. And then I would be on the toilet the rest of the night after that. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. So and that's just- why I don't eat at Taco Bell. <laughs> I mean, do the calories even count if you have to eat it while you're on the toilet? No, I'll just go right through you from one, from one point A to point B. That's it. But if that was my only option, I'd take it. But it's delicious. It's delicious. In the moment, yeah. In the moment. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'll go cheesy gordita crunch. I love me a cheesy gordita crunch. And then the uh, steak grilled cheese burrito. I think that's a newer one. I really okay. like that one. So I'll go with those two. And then I'm going to say I don't drink a lot of soda, but I will at Taco Bell. We'll do this. Let's do Baja Blast. And we'll shout out uh, the great Michelle Bruton, who just sure. absolutely is addicted to that stuff. So that would, that would be. Ad- she's a huge Mountain Dew advocate. Oh, no, yeah. No, she's no, she's an addict. She's an addict is what she is. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be nice, but yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, I freaking love Taco Bell. It's one of my favorite places. Um, shocking, I know, everybody listening. But uh, I would say the one thing that I – my favorite of all time was the double-decker taco. So that was the original crunchy taco and then a tortilla with refried beans on it. They don't have it anymore, but you can recreate it. So you get a side of refried beans, a tortilla, and a crunchy taco, and then you can make your own. So I've had to, you know, That's figure a sickness. You like you're recreating it. Oh, hell yeah. It's delicious. That's why I'm like. You said I, you took it off the menu. I'll yeah. make it myself. Guess what, exactly. buddy? Guess what? Exactly. You didn't take it all off the menu. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's all there. It's all there. I can make it work. I can make it work. So uh, I will do that. If you haven't had the nacho fries yet, those are actually really good. So I would definitely do that. And then um, the cheesy gordita, that is another one that I love as well. So uh, get, get a couple of those. And then I always go from, from Taco Bell. It's just a straight Mountain Dew. That's, that's my jam. So I also could eat like the twelve pack of tacos. I get, it, I could get everything on the menu. It's all. Let's also shout out their breakfast because their breakfast is oh. tremendous. Oh my goodness gracious! I get upset because the uh, the Taco Bell by me used to serve the breakfast and then they stopped doing it. So Oof. that sucked. That really sucked because they've got their uh, their like breakfast crunch wrap. crunch wrap. Oh my yeah. gosh! Oh my oh, gosh! Oh, that's so good. So good. 
um, all of it. They've got some good. They've got some good breakfast burritos too. Mm-hmm, and now mm-hmm. that I think they do. They're doing like a breakfast. Wow, uh, I'm hungry now. All of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> we should move on. We should talk more Packers. We should. Talk uh, episode's it. over. Episode's over. Everyone go get Taco Bell. <laughs> All right. Next question we have is from Josh. He says, choose one, lose to the 49ers now, lose to Detroit in the NFC Championship game, or lose in the Super Bowl. And choose one. This Josh is just, he's choosing violence today. Meatless chili, gluten-free pizza, or a veggie burger? Whew. Uh, Dusty, we'll start with you. Honestly, man, give me give me the loss to the Niners now. I, I, don't, I don't want to lose to Detroit. Like I don't want to do that, and if we get to the Super Bowl and lose, like I, 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 a part of me will break. So I don't, I don't like to do it. But listen, we already said we got everything we want out of this year. If this run ends in San Francisco, give me a close loss. That's fine. I'll take it. If this ends in Detroit, that would be worse than the Super Bowl for me. So I'll just, I'll say, I'll go Niners. Just cut it off now and be done with it. Um, that's if I have to choose a loss. Obviously, I do not want them to lose. Uh, and honestly, I'll go gluten-free pizza. If you do like a pepperoni pizza on the cauliflower crust, that's not terrible. That's yep. not terrible. I'm down with that. Dusty, I have the exact same answer as you for, yeah. for everything here. So, yeah, I'd rather lose now. Like I said, I don't really expect the Packers to win right now. But if they win then I'm going to be delusional and then I'm going to be thinking soupy and that we're going to go all the way that they're going to beat the lions or beat the bucks, whoever they play next. And then, Oh, if we beat the 49ers Packers can beat anyone Packers can beat anyone. And then I will be very disappointed. So I'd rather just, like I said, if they lose, I won't even be disappointed because they've already done better than what I thought. Will I be a little sad? Sure, but I'll get over it. Um, and then gluten-free pizza I've actually had, and it's very good. Um, a lot of the gluten-free bread options or pasta pretty much taste exactly the same, and then they just don't make my tummy hurt. So it, it's a plus. Apparently there's a theme about Sarah just being on the toilet all the time. Listen, I got a sensitive tummy, so <laughs> don't hate. Um, I'm going to disagree with you guys. I'm going to take a loss in the Of Super Bowl. course. I- oh, my God. What? It is so unbelievably rare for a team to make it to the Super Bowl, like outside of the Patriots. Like, give me that run. I want the anticipation. I want the fun. Like, I want the Packers to continue to win. Like, if you're going to tell me they're going to either lose to the 49ers or win two more games and go to the Super Bowl but still lose, like, I want the fun. Like, I want them to beat the 49ers. I want them to go to Detroit and win the NFC Championship game. Like, that's amazing. Those are huge learning moments for this young team. Instead of just being like, oh, well, I'd rather that they lose right now. So they did. No, no. I want all of that fun. I want all of that. Hell yeah. Bring on the Super Bowl. Don't care what happens. You just want to be hurt. You're going to be hurt no matter what. No, if the Packers lost on, on Saturday, would I be sad? But I wouldn't be heartbroken. If they make it all the way to the Super Bowl and lose, I'd be devastated. That sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. This question no. was about me. I would not be heartbroken. Like I think that's that would be unbelievable if they can take this run all the way to the Super Bowl. That's amazing. This young team that has nothing to nothing to lose can get all the way to the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, let's do it. Let's take that run, and then next year, two, three years down the road, like they'll be able to win one because they they knew what happened. They understood 
they, they, they learn from that experience? Yes, absolutely. Give me the Super Bowl. And then uh, I've never had a gluten-free pizza. I will never eat a meatless chili. And um, so I guess that leaves me with ve- veggie burger. So I'll go. The- I've had a couple of decent veggie burgers. Yeah. Ve- I mean, if you go to like a decent restaurant and it they've yeah. got some good toppings and a good sauce on it, it's really not right. bad at all. I- <laughs> Again, not something I would choose. But if those are- if those are my only horrible options, then I guess I'll go with that one. Next one, Ed Stack. Jaden Reed had only three targets and zero rushes in the Cowboys game after a big performance against the Bears. Do you think it was intentional that his role would be a decoy, or was it just the way things worked out? Food, your favorite topping on a hot dog. Me, his is spicy chili and yellow mustard. Uh, Dusty, let's start with you. I, I don't think he was not a decoy. It was just, that's the way things worked out. I mean, that's, that's really, it's it's the feature, not the bug in this offense and being all these young receivers, right, is anyone could have a big day. Anyone could have a small day. Christian Watson did very well. I don't think he was a decoy. He had one catch and he was blocking his ass off every other time he was out there. And he was, he was uh, screwing with the defense every time he was out there. Jaden Reed. I think there was times, if you look at that Wicks touchdown, for example, that Wicks touchdown Reed is the first read in that progression. He's, he's kind of running that he runs motion and then he runs the deep crosser against her. He's the first read, but, it can get a little muddy with the defense, depending on what they do. And Jordan Love knew that he didn't have enough time to read it out. If the one wasn't open, he's got no time to go to the two. But he knew the two was going to be open, so he just threw the two instead. So if that was not a blitz, that probably goes to Reed instead of Wicks. It's just the way this thing works. It's not, again, I don't think he was a decoy at all. I think he did very well. It just uh, it, it just worked out that way, and I think it will work out that way occasionally. There's, there's going to be a game. I mean, Romeo Dobbs has had games where he's had one catch, and then he just absolutely exploded again feature not a bug of this offense and and all these weapons being as young as young as they are favorite topping on a hot dog i, I don't know when's the last time i had a hot dog i don't know uh I'll do spicy mustard love me spicy spicy mustard i'll do some chili like some cheese conies or something do some uh do some chili and load that sucker up with some with some cheese and then if i'm really feeling fancy give me some uh, grilled veggies i'll sprinkle some bacon on top of it you know grilled veggies on a hot dog oh dude Ooh. oh dude yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Dusty. I don't think that it was intentional. I think that's just kind of how the cookie crumbled, and you already explained all of that. Um, and then my favorite toppings on a hot dog would definitely be yellow or white onions, uh, raw, whatever's available, like diced up on top, and then a little bit of yellow mustard and a little bit of ketchup. That's it. Keep it simple. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the best thing I, I was, I listened to like some national talk show. It was like a clip or whatever, but they were talking about the Packers. They said, this team is a, is a, we, not me. And I think that really describes this, this wide receiver group of, they all celebrate each other. They all are in it together and they know that one week in week out, like somebody else is going to be the dog. Somebody else is going to be the guy that, that takes them over the top and it doesn't matter to them, which is amazing. So that's a it's an amazing again amazing problem to have as the Packers of like who's going to get the ball this week like doesn't matter doesn't matter who gets the ball the open guy gets the ball which is great uh, and then favorite toppings for a hot dog I would say a chili cheese dog is always probably one of my favorites so a good homemade chili with some some just cheddar cheese shredded cheddar cheese right on top is really good otherwise I'm very simplistic and I would just do ketchup 
just ketchup on a hot dog. Uh, I know everybody that lives in Chicago is like freaking out right now hearing those words, but uh, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy that. There was a hot dog vendor that used to work for the Tigers or, you know, whatever the Tigers hired that got fired because he, if people (laughs) ordered ketchup with their hot dog, he refused to give it to them because he believed it was mustard only. And so they ended up firing him because he wouldn't do it. What a way to go, man. What yeah. a way to go. Listen, you got to stand for something, Steve, in this world, this life. Stand for something. You cannot put ketchup on a hot dog. That was a line that man could not cross. Can you imagine going home to your wife and having to tell her, it's like, I lost my job today. How come? I wouldn't give people ketchup. Was it the ketchup? Of course it was the ketchup thing. She's like, we talked about this, honey. We talked about this. <laughs> All right, we got one more question. Uh, I was sent through DMs, but this is from Rolf. He wants to know, Sunday's game felt like a very well-planned process on offense, which made me think, do you prefer a coach who's a scheme wizard like Matt LaFleur or Shanahan or a player's coach like Dan Campbell? Food question, if you had to move uh, to a country solely for food, which would your top and bottom candidates be? So, uh, Sarah, we're going to start with you. What kind of coach do you prefer and what countries would you move to? I think uh, Scheme Wizard, just because it's a little more fun. You, you never know what you're going to get. It's it's very creative, um, and it keeps things exciting. I also think you're able to game plan a bit better uh, because you just have that more technically-minded philosophy. Um, so definitely would lean that way, and it's one of the many reasons why I – Really like Mount LaFleur. Um, and then food question, if I had to move to a country solely based on food, uh, top candidate would be, uh, or we'll start with bottom candidate. Um, I, I guess, and th- this is just a theme of the episode is that my tummy hurts. Um, I guess it would probably be <laughs> India because Indian food is incredibly spicy and I can't handle it. And that's really like the only reason. Um, well, I've had good Indian food, most of it is very spicy and I am a baby. Um, and then top would be Greece because I love Greek food. Um, it is definitely my favorite. I think there's a lot of variety that you could have there. It's also not super unhealthy. Uh, so that would be a plus if I had to move there and just eat their food. So would definitely go with Greece. I will say, I mean, I'll, I'll go with Sarah as well. I'll go Scheme Wizard. But I also say, I mean, the floor seems like a player's coach by all the reports out of there. He kind of lets the players do their thing. I think Shanahan's the same. And the funny thing is, Campbell, for all of his rah-rah, bite your kneecap, naps, kneecap stuff, is more involved in that offense than a lot of people believe. Like, he is very good offensively. The whole Ben Johnson thing, Ben Johnson was not an offensive coordinator. He was the tight ends coach there. Campbell was kind of running that offense. My understanding is Campbell still has a very big hand in a lot of that game planning and the offensive side of the ball. He was a tight end you know, coming up when he was playing. So, I mean, I think you have to have a mix of both, but, uh, but I am, I am all in favor of, if you have to pick one or the other, if we're, if we're going to boil it down to that, I'll say scheme wizard. But I mean, I, I really, I think the other part of that for me then comes down to, it's always like players coach or like disciplinarian. Like, are you the guy who's going to like be like the real hard ass, or are you going to be the guy who's kind of let the players kind of manage themselves? And it seems like 
we're fading more towards the let players kind of govern themselves a little more in terms of the spectrum of this, in terms of a lot of the guys that are being hired that are finding success. I think uh, McVeigh is, is like that as well. So I, I think that's, that's kind of the spectrum it's on. Um, but I'm always going to go scheme because I am who I am inside. Uh, and then food question, I will go. So I don't have a, I don't have a bottom country um, because let's, you may not, you may not believe this from overweight fella. I love food. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of food. I don't know that I've ever had food. and been like, boy, that country's food sucks. Um, I like lots of different kinds of food top. I might go, maybe it's just me feeling at the moment. I might go, I might go Germany. I love me some German food. It, it sits heavy. There's some stuff that will sit heavy, but I love me some German food. Uh, I would say uh, I would same as you guys. I like the scheme over the the players' coach in general. Like I think you can you can meld both of those worlds together pretty easily. Maybe not easily, but still, that, that's still something a head coach can do is make be be a good scheme guy and then still have relations with the players. Like I mean, if you watch Matt Lafleur in these post games, post game you know locker room scenes after these wins, like tell me that these players that he's not a player's coach like that. Like you can't do that. So, um, and then as far as countries I would go to, to live in for the food, man, I would probably, I would probably go out, go out East. I would say when I visited China, their food was amazing. Like in China, the food was amazing. Like I had the best duck I've ever had in my life over there. That was just, just, top tier and then another one would have been malaysia like that was just you know street food all over the place like we were uh me and my my ex were going around on scooters on an island and got caught in a downpour and ended up at some random ass restaurant off the side of the road and had one of the best meals i've ever had in my life like just super cool like that so they they always had really good food and then um bottom maybe my joke earlier was like Russia of uh, seems kind of like a bland, no, no big thing. But then Dusty found out that Russia is known for their soups. So I was a little shocked. Sarah wouldn't, didn't have that up higher on her list, but you know, it is what it is. So guys, uh, we've been going for an hour already. So <laughs> I think it's about time to wrap this up because as Dusty joked, joked earlier, uh, before we even started it, you know, pack a day podcast, 20, 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. That's a, that's our, that's our niche. So, uh, let's wrap this thing up with some closing thoughts before uh, the divisional round game against the Niners. Dusty, what do you got for us? I will say before I get into final thoughts, I will say the last time I saw Andy, I said, Dude, we got to change the intro. No one goes 20 minutes. He said it's a running joke at this point. We're never changing it. We're never changing the 20 minutes a day. So I don't feel bad for running over anymore. Um, my stuff I'm working on this week, I've got uh, Cheesehead TV should be out later today, which is just uh, passing game stuff. Dig into a couple plays in terms of uh, what Love did against the Blitz. That was really fun. Uh, I also had Packers Playbook that came out with John Kuhn yesterday. Our longest one of the season. We typically try to do three or four plays, keep it to 13 to 15 minutes. We, he texted me earlier and was like, we got nine plays. And I want to do all of them. So we went 25 minutes today uh, there because there was a lot to go through. We kind of went through them as quick as we could. But a lot of really fun stuff, including that two-play leak sequence uh, that we kind of ended with. So that was a really, really fun, uh, good learning experience. Again, uh, over on She Said TV's YouTube channel, you'll find that. I've got... Um, Pack report, hopefully today, as you're listening to this, about uh, kind of a completion of Dobbs I really liked. And then I will be on, I, I'm doing a couple different things. I'm going to be on uh, Pack a Day Live with Andy tomorrow, or today, I guess, when you're hearing this. 
and I'm going to be on PAX What She Said this week as well with uh, with Perry and Maggie, which I've not talked to them on that platform for a while, so I'm very excited about that. It's I'm looking for any and all excuses right. to talk about this game as much as humanly possible this week. So it's been it's it's been really fun. And I don't have any articles or anything like that. Dusty's way cooler than me. Um, but I, <laughs> my final thought is just no matter what happens Saturday, just enjoy it. Enjoy this run. This was so unexpected and is so special at the same time. And it just has me so excited for the future of this team and the future of this organization and where they can go. Um, and I don't know how anybody couldn't feel that way uh, about the Packers right now. So win to lose, let's just have some fun, enjoy this. Um, and, you know, this has given me a new life and a, a breath of fresh air that now going into an off season soon, no matter what, feel like we're going to have a little extra pep in our step, a little extra excitement about what what's to come with this team. So just enjoy it. And I think my final thought is just going to go out to the entire Packaday podcast crew, like everybody who has ever been a host, been a co-host, been a guest on this show. Unbelievable fact that we have now had 2,000 episodes in a row. We have not missed a day since we started this thing, which is unbelievable. Like Dusty, you were talking about the the running joke of the like the opening uh, of the show, which <laughs> pat on my back, that's me. Um, because when we first started this thing, like we were just gonna we were gonna do it, and I I remember sending a message to the Slack being like, so do we want to do like a, a show opening, you know, with a, like an intro? And we're like, huh. Never even thought of that. Yeah, we should do that. We should do that. So I put one together, and um, this is just this is unbelievable. We we talk about it, you know, a decent amount, but the fact that we we've grown from where we were five years ago to this uh, every single day, you know, thousands and thousands of downloads every single day is just insanity. Like we we all joined this thing thinking it'd just be like this fun little hobby, and it is. But it's grown so much because of all the people that are on it. But again, all the people that listen to it, like you guys are such a huge part of all of this is so we can't thank you enough because we love doing it and it's so much fun, but it only happens because we have people that want to hear from us every single day. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter. That's at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher, for at Steve Perhatch and at Packaday Podcast. We'll be back next week, hopefully, talking about another Packers win. Uh, fingers crossed, knock on wood, do everything, rub a, rub a lucky rabbit's foot, do whatever the hell you got to do. But, man, we're excited. So thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. And as always, Go Pack Go!